cliffcentral.com. 360biz on cliffcentral.com It is 360biz.com My name is Dabuhoma Fodi Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz Unfortunately, I can't be saying good weather today Because the weather is bad And Bulelani decided to come in studio with a very big I don't know whether is it a juved uh, <laughs> Or is it a winter blanket <laughs> Bulelani, what is this that you wearing, my brother? Well, I was inspired by Palesa um, our technical lady, she's wearing a blanket, uh, so okay. I wanted to upscale myself by wearing a bomber. <laughs> look at not bomber. Look at how they look. But I say you must not be coming to work with blanket. If you know, <laughs> no, Bulelani is going to be wanting it's a to. It's nice fashion number. Hey, the the ladies are going to slur us with the insult. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but anyway, I, I see you are dressed for the weather. You you quite ready uh, and no, warm. I'm trying to do you, you know, dressing very formal, look very organized. Um, <laughs> it's it's killing my vibe because I have to now sit in a certain way and speak in a certain way. Yeah. I like I, I run a creative company, so you can imagine wear slippers to work, and but we come up with great products. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, in the next hour, we've got um, <coughs> the, the the national budget speech. Uh, is there anything specifically you want to hear? Man, um, I think, I think my focus areas that are, that, that I particularly would like to hear about is, um, what sort of money are they setting aside for entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. Um, township economy development. Okay. And I'd actually like to see the, the NDP and the, is, is it the nine point plan coming to life? Yeah. Closer to me, like, <laughs> in my bank account. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I mean, for me, um, my one thing that, um, yesterday I had the privilege of, by the way, of having a breakfast with, uh, the premier. Oh, no, I saw, uh, I saw that. David Makura. Yes. Um, so, and it was him, Labhang Mai, the, the MEC. In fact, but, uh, Asanda, we must have the premier in studio, eh? Uh, let's arrange on You're have yeah we we've we've had MEC Labohang um, Maile we've had um, okay another person that we had there was Mr Paul Mashatile and one of the things they were speaking about it's the mega project mm. um, that is focusing on infrastructure um, that is coming up um, with a very big budget um, that is looking at developing new inner cities um, especially within within. Um, City of Joburg and and other municipalities. I mean, you must look at branding that, eh? No, definitely. I mm. think I think one of the one of the things that makes our current premier, uh, my favorite premier, was when he admitted to the Etols. There, he won me over. He had me at that <laughs> one. What did he say when he when he admitted? <clears throat> um, he said that um, they made a mistake with the Etols. Oh, okay. And I think that's all leader like to acknowledge when you make mistakes, but yeah. that's cool. I like that. No, 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 definitely. I mean, having been spoken about a mega project, I mean, um, it's part of uh, the discussion today. We're talking alternative building. I mean, building a home is a high cost in South Africa. I mean, studies have shown these days on today's show. That's why we bring you alternative building methods that are beautiful, cost effective, luxurious, and complementing the environment and its surroundings. Alternative building challenges the status quo of South Africa's uh, construction industry and it provides people with alternative building techniques. Its solutions are uh, found on the rising cost of building affordable houses uh, using various techniques with big focus on shipping containers using alternative building technology. And but then come to think of it, I was reading this study on business, uh, on not business day, uh, on Destiny magazine. Um, the study was saying it cost uh, close to 600,000 more in South Africa to build a new home than uh, buying an existing one. So people are preferring now to buy existing home hmm. and actually um, adding on to, to that existing home. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm at a point um, where I'm looking for, I'm at a point where I'm looking for a private property myself. And I mm. think that's one of the things I saw. Mm. I mean, when you look at uh, the purchase price for an open piece of land and when you add up, the quotes that you're getting from builders such as yourself, contractors such as yourself, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very shocking. So I think, I think, I think in that light, it would make more sense to buy something that is already existing mm. and then just puts a couple of touches yeah. on No, it. definitely. And for me, I mean, um, speaking of that, I mean, for me, I'm looking now at something that is alternative. 
um, other than you know what the old traditional brick and mortar. And I'm excited that I know that uh, today's show uh, we've got Mr. Brad Bedman uh, from Cape Town, who's the founder of Bedman and Culling Housing Concept, and we've got Mr. Uh, Gary uh, Helden Yes. Uh, from um, Helden um, Services uh, or what is it? Oh yeah, Helden Container Services and as well, I know we've joined in studio as well by Mr. Makano Morejele uh, I hope I'm I hope ki, or ki, what, yes. oh, what is, uh, is it Morejele? Makano Morejele 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 Okay, who's the head of social sustainability from the National Business Initiative? Let me take this opportunity to welcome you guys uh, to studio. Thank you um, definitely for, for joining us today. And uh, we've got a guest as well. Uh, we'll get to introduce you later on um, on the show. Maybe let me start. Where do we start? Ladies first, uh, or oh, not ladies first? Okay, <laughs> um, Mr. Gary, do you want to take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners? Tell us who you and what is that you do. Um, hi, my name is uh, Gary Heldnice. Um I'm the MD of um, uh, um, Healthcon Container Services. Um, our company is um, based in um, um, Radio Corp. And we do conversions on um, shipping containers um, at the yard. Oh, okay. No, definitely. Um, thank you, Mr. Haldanes, for, for joining us um, onto the show, ma'am. Uh, I am Makano Morojele from the National Business uh, Initiative, which is a, a voluntary coalition of South African and multinational companies uh, working in South Africa, seeking to promote uh, sustainable development and growth. Mm. Oh, okay. No, definitely. Uh, maybe let me start with you, Mr. Um, you know, uh, Heldon, yes. Um, you spoke that your company, you do homes um, out of containers. Uh, I, my brother, you need to come in here. You need to come in here, okay? Um, so do you want to tell us more a bit about that? Um, with the shipping containers, um, we found that um, it can be used um, extensively in uh, housing projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, the projects that uh, we do can be a single shipping container that would uh, be converted um, into a small unit, having a separate uh, bathroom, uh, open plan, kitchen and living area. Um, <coughs> furthermore, uh, with this, um, um, when... Uh, um, a person needs to expand. You can either expand with brick and mortar or get the next shipping container and carry on building the, the units bigger. Uh, other than that, we can use um, uh, shipping containers to make, uh, use multiple shipping containers to make bigger units. Um, these units can then be uh, manufactured at our yard at um, in Radio Corp, and then from there uh, it'll be transported to site, assembled on site, and then uh, the once everything's assembled, um, we can do a turnkey project where we can also uh, quote on supplying all the services as well um, for the shipping containers. Okay, but now, I mean, um, Mr. Khaldin is, this, this, this is something that, um, I know I travel extensively that I've had the opportunity of seeing in America and other countries, but it's not something that is big in South Africa. Um, so when did you get into this space? Um, with the, um, shipping containers, we've been involved in the conversion of general shipping containers for around about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, extensively more in the mining industry, um, uh, that we started. Um, other than that, it branched out to um, some residential units, and um, with that, slowly but surely, it is taking off. Um, I think uh, in South Africa, people are still um, a little bit reluctant to uh, to use the shipping containers. Yeah. They haven't uh, <coughs> really got into it like uh, the overseas market. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we um, with um, access to um, websites on. Uh, all different types of uh, shipping container conversions and developments, um, we've been able to then uh, start uh, <coughs> tapping into that market in, uh, in our country as well. 
So now um, you've started tapping into some, uh, in our country as well. What are some of the projects that you've been involved in, in South Africa specifically? Uh, with um, uh, projects uh, we've done, uh, um, uh, more on uh, the children's home side, we were involved in uh, a children's home in um, Midrand. This was a residential unit um, that was um, developed um, to house uh, orphans in the area. With that, um, it was a safe environment for them. With that, they had residential units, um, mess halls, the kitchen units, and then they also had uh, staff units um, for uh, the staff that took care of the kids. Um, they've been involved in uh, a housing projects uh, where we uh, <coughs> built a residential house. Mm-hmm. Um, with the residential houses, uh, we find it um, – Tend to uh, the neighbours don't really like it at this stage. They're not used to and familiar with um, the the housing projects in a um, brick and mortar environment. Yeah. So I think we've got to try and educate people that it can be done, and it has to be done uh, uh, neatly and uh, um, it has to be uh, sustainable. Mm. So, so you're saying the neighbours don't like it. Um, uh, yes, so we've um, put up containers and a lot of times uh, they're not used to the shipping containers mm-hmm. and then uh, more used to traditional building methods. And um, eventually sometimes uh, we have to uh, clad the containers to then uh, look more environmentally friendly and stuff like that. But uh, slowly but surely I think uh, the focus is uh, turning and people are getting used to um, uh, the look of the shipping containers, which is, um, uh, in my opinion, I, I think it looks quite nice. Yeah. Mm. No, no, definitely. Uh, Bulelani, I don't know. <laughs> Let me say you stay in Tembisa. You run a business in Tembisa. So would you say um, <laughs> that personally you – you is it something that – um, that bothers you if maybe you would you would see it in in Tembisa, for instance. No, I think. No, I think I think quite 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 recently I've been thinking about. Um, I mean, I think obtaining one because I saw I saw quite two two or three. There's this nice one opposite um, Gallagher and Midrand, and there's a nice one um, that they've just built up in Midrand. I think the corner of. Uh, forgot the name of the road, but it's very close to Teasers. The nice word. Okay. So, so I think I think um, as 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 emerging entrepreneurs, it makes it easier, and I think that the regulation or rather the zonings and all that stuff become much more easier because I mean it's something that can be converted and you can move it around. I'd like to think. And I think that just off air, there's, there's, there's a new franchise in the Pretoria area where these guys opened it up and they didn't do the ordinary conventional, um, brick and mortar. They actually got conver- containers mm-hmm. and they covered the whole stuff up with wooden pallets and it, it looked very nice because it was varnished. So I think that ideally in terms of, um, conservation of our environment and conver- conservation of the earth, I think more than anything, we need to look at those because how much ground can we really dig in building? Building and building. So, yeah. Mm, when yeah. you look at when you look at the innovation around the twenty-seven boxes in Melville as mm-hmm. well. So, I think we're going somewhere there. But I would not personally have a problem with having a container next to me unless it's 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 obstructing my livelihood. Is it? Maybe let's come to to Memakano. Memakano, would you have a home or an office that's made out of a container? Well, I suppose part of the problem here is I don't know because I haven't seen it. Uh, really? I, exactly. Or maybe that's, that's why maybe. you're sitting here so that we can educate you. <laughs> exactly. So I'll be the first one to learn. Yeah. So these are maybe, your images, actually. And and the thing is, it might have been that I drove past it without knowing mm. that it is because it looks it looks stunning. Mm. But I think if the the motivation behind it is to move towards a much more sustainable, greener, greener economy. Then I would be all for it. Mm. But as with any change, I think it requires education and sometimes it, it takes quite a bit of time to persuade people to change their normal practices. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, when you speak of education, um, it comes now to, to, to what, um, I know you, you, you're passionate about. A mm-hmm. uh, national mm-hmm. business initiative. What is it? And what is it that you guys do? Well, as I pointed out, it is a, a a voluntary 
grouping or coalition of South African and multinational companies okay. that are working towards uh, sustainable growth and, and development. Mm-hmm. And practically what that means is that uh, NBI aims to drive business participation uh, in order to achieve social and economic transformation. And practically, we use a combination of different approaches. Okay. One is what we call collective leadership. Mm-hmm. I mean, collective action. Uh, another is thought leadership. Mm. And another is uh, a capacity building. Thought okay. leadership because we feel that it's important every now and then to bring people together to engage on hard issues, which often the solutions are not that obvious. So, Mm. for instance, even on the very example that of of container uh, of containers, it could be that you organize, uh, we organize a thought leadership with a view to understand, to persuading people to understand what lies behind that, Mm. why we should be moving towards such economies, but also then to begin to mobilize a groundswell of people to actually act together and, uh, you know, yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, you, you've been doing a lot of nice and good things, I mean, amongst the youth and society at large, um, SNPI. Do you want to take us through some of the initiatives that you've had in the past? Yeah. So NBI has two core areas of work. Okay. One is environmental sustainability, which really covers climate change, mm-hmm. energy, water, waste. And there's another uh, core area of work, which is social sustainability, under which we have a big program on skills development. Okay. And I think the today's discussion will focus primarily on the skills development component, mm. which essentially focuses on mobilizing companies uh, and uh, TVET colleges, the technical education and vocational uh, training colleges, mm-hmm. to for both entities to find meaningful ways of working together. Mm. What we often find is that uh, employers or companies make assumptions about what TVET colleges are meant to do. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Colleges also make assumptions about what uh, employers mm. are, are looking for. Mm. So basically, we are saying, let's go to the first principles and establish a common platform where the, both entities can understand the same things the same way. Yeah, but now a little bit was telling us, it was telling us that you've partnered um, or you've come into the construction industry now. Uh, you're coming into my and Mr. Heldenius industry. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know we've got Gary on the line. Gary, we're going to join. We're going to be with you shortly. Yes. Um, what is it that you, you're doing with the construction industry? So essentially what I've said earlier about establishing a common platform okay. where companies and colleges can act, uh, think and act together, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So we said, perhaps let's give practical expression as to what this means. So we took the construction industry because this is where we have a, a, a number of uh, members. Uh, we have Avenge, we have Group 5, uh, we have Basil Reed. Uh, we also have Marion Roberts as uh, some of our members. So these companies have been saying to us they are not quite happy with the caliber of graduates coming out of the TVET colleges, but they took it upon themselves that it wasn't enough just to stop at uh, pointing at the weaknesses, but rather to invest uh, money in helping colleges to develop curriculum that would be suitable to what the employers were looking for. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, and out of that has now developed a major program where these companies are now opening up their workspaces to place uh, TVET graduates who would have specialized in building and civils and construction. Hmm. Hmm. I like that actually. Hey? You do? Yeah, because I think more than anything, one of the biggest things that companies want from people is someone who's got a skill, but practical skill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And who's got some form of experience more than anything. So if someone is able to come into an organization and add value and go out there and get themselves a good job, I think from, from, from the angle of skills development, it aids. Mm-hmm. In a very big way. It yeah. In a very big way. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I mean, I think maybe let me, let me connect uh, to Brad. Um, then from the will, we'll definitely come back, um, to you, Mr. Hi, Brad. How are you? Hi. Good and you? No, good. Thanks. Uh, thank you for holding, Brad. Um, do you want to take this? Us. Yes. Do you want to take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners? Tell us who you are and what is that you do? Sure. 
<clears throat> I'm from a company called Berman Khalil Housing Concepts, and we do all sorts of shipping container homes at the moment. We seem to be doing a lot more luxury accommodation and guest houses and that type of thing. And then we we also do community centers and schools and classrooms and medical facilities and all that. And we ship just about all over the world. Mm. No, no, definitely. Um, we've we've seen we've seen um, some of your your your, um, your work. Uh, bread and with some of um, Gary's work as well here in studio. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the questions that 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 I asked um, Gary earlier as to this is something that is big internationally, and mm. and um, I know that there's a study I was going through. It was saying that as South Africans, we don't we don't adapt easily to change. <laughs> um, you know, especially when it comes to something that is alternative, uh, as far as containers is concerned. So even Gary was telling us that for some of the projects that he that he has done, even people like neighbors and whatsoever, they don't receive it well. Um, you know, in terms of seeing that, um, how has the response been on your side? I know you've got a couple of homes that you've done um, well, using shipping containers. Well, though, although I do agree with what Gary said. Um, I find that we we tend to our, our units have been sort of on the on the outskirts of Cape Town, and there it's like it, it, every time we've delivered a home, it's been a big event where the whole town has come to see, and everyone from the little dorp comes up to watch the the cranes offloading the offloading the containers, and it's been quite a spectacle. <laughs> yeah. So um, we we really haven't encountered any problems with neighbours or anything like that. Um, quite the opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, um, how much would you say it it costs? Maybe maybe let's say percentage wise, um, p- putting up a home using containers versus old traditional building. Um, about it will be about sixty five percent of the cost, seventy percent of the cost. So it's at least thirty thirty five percent off. So is it, it is about thirty forty percent cheaper? Yeah, that's about right. Is it? So now, um, le- let's let's talk um, regulations and legislations. I mean, your company is based in Cape Town, um, you know. So I know you've been doing a lot of work there, and you've been doing a couple of work as well in Africa. Um, yeah. Maybe one. Um, are you planning to do any work um, outside Cape Town? And how has the the bylaws or the 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 regulations been though around building using containers though? Um, well, we do do plenty of work outside of Cape Town. Um, we export quite a bit as well. Um, as far as the regulations go, <clears throat> um, the ones that we have had plans for have been submitted through the regular planning procedures as, as though it was a brick-and-mortar house, but with uh, container specifications detailed. And so far, we haven't had a rejection. I mean, the, all the municipalities seem to be accepting it as a rational design, and and they seem to be approving it on that basis so it's it's been pretty good for us well, so you, so now i mean you're required to have plans like your normal plans for the house well there's very different schools of thought i mean it, it literally varies according to who you ask but i mean the municipality will tell you you need plans for any structure on your property but i mean we've we've also designed some of our units to fly under the radar of um, the legal requirements of accession, so it is actually seen as a temporary structure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's something we spent a lot of time on, is looking at the laws of accession and when the property is actually permanently affixed to the land and when it when it's not. And we've we've tried to design it around all those issues. Well, so, it seems fascinated. What are you, No, I think I think I find it particularly interesting, and I think one of the things that would be most appealing to me with regards to this is the regulation, the fact that one is able to jump through certain loopholes with regards to this. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's green. Yeah. That's one thing that's big for me. It's green, and the the most beautiful thing about it is that we're an ordinary conventional, and because of the fact that I come from the township space. We see these everywhere. You understand mm. what I'm saying? Mm. So, because, and these are always done in the same old way. And I, oh, and I know that, I mean, I've seen quite a few where people were actually living in them, but the conditions were terrible. And I mean, imagine bringing this technology in to then say that here's a solution, mm. you know? Yeah. It becomes very great. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Well, what, what's quite interesting is that by staying green, you actually fly more under the radar than 
than uh, anything else because by by staying green and not having it connected to your municipal services and all those kinds of things, um, that's what keeps you flying under the radar of needing plans and all that and and where where they have where they get sticky about those issues. Mm. <laughs> I like how he goes flying green. It's like some CIA. <laughs> yeah. No, no, definitely. Um, I mean, um, tell me, uh, tell me, Brad. In terms of, um, I mean, what, 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 what are the most uh, challenges that you're most likely to face um, using container homes versus um, your old traditional buildings? Hmm. Um. Well, the big the big issue at the moment has been finance. I mean, especially in the low cost housing industry, there isn't a lot of money flying around. Mm-hmm. So um, th- that's been one stumbling block for for a lot of clients and and people out there that that are that are captivated by the product, but you know they're not yet at a point in their lives when they can afford it. So um, the banks haven't been particularly helpful, but. Uh, we're working on that all the time. Um, that's really that's really been our, our our biggest issue. Probably is just the the general readiness of the market, I suppose. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, no, I guess it's it's something that will 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 definitely um, have 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 to um, to deal with. So now, I mean, uh, today, you know, later on, uh, in fact, in few minutes from now, it's it's the. <laughs> The, the budget speech. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, is there is there something specifically that you you you're looking out for? As the last question, um, as far especially your industry is concerned, before I let you go. Um, nothing specific we're watching for. I mean, government, especially our government, haven't been particularly uh, helpful towards the cause. But um, I don't know. Just. Uh, just some assistance to all those that actually need it um, would be a great thing to see in the budget speech. No, definitely. No, but thanks a lot, Brad, uh, for your time. For those that want to be in contact with you, um, when where can they get hold of you? Uh, best place to get us is through our website, which is www.bermancolil.co.za. Mm-hmm. Um and you can just send us a mail or a contact from the website. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm looking forward to to having you in studio soon, so that we oh, we, we can we, we, we can dwell more into this discussion. Mm, I hope so too. No, definitely. Um, that was um, Mr. Brad um, from from uh, it's, it's actually Brad Barman uh, from Barman Khalil. Um, he's actually the partner of um, and the founder of Berman Kalin Housing Concept. Um, so coming back to you, Gary, um, you you you've picked up obviously um, that it's something that that definitely um, they're exploring, and now they've even gone on to luxury homes um, using this alternative method of 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 um, of building. So let me ask you this question though. Uh, People that are that are receptive of these homes um, is it is it more of of uh, you know black people is more of white people um, or is it people in in general across different races? Um, I think it would be uh, people in general. Mm. Um, although I do find that um, the, there is an um, untapped market in the black market. Mm. And uh, with that, um, you know, for, for everyone to get a house, uh-huh. I think that's most important or uh, a little base to start from and then build on from there. Mm. So um, I think it's across the board. Yeah. No. So then in terms of would you say our government is doing enough though to, to explore alternative methods? Um, uh, at this stage, um, I don't think so. I think they can um, look into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um, I do think uh, from uh, possibly the financial institutions to then start recognizing these projects mm-hmm. and trying to finance uh, the smaller version mm-hmm. of it and then uh, so that uh, a person can uh, get his own uh, um, house or a base to start from mm. and then build from there. Yeah. So I think uh, if the banking industry could also come on board, I yeah. think it would help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it looks like really um, fi- finance is an issue because I'm a developer um, and and I know being a developer, obviously, the finance has been the main issue in terms of that's why even now I said I want, I'm buying my own land. 
um, and I'm putting up my own, you know, development project using yeah. my own money so yeah. that at least one tries to, uh, to remove the, the stigma and mm-hmm. the stereotypeness, um, around this. You know, to do something at least that you can showcase to South Africa, that you can showcase to the world, and 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 I think for for for, for having said that, um, I think Miss Makano, I, I, this is something that um, within the platforms that you add, mm. uh, bringing the likes of us um, to actually open up, you know. Um, discussions around this to more people, because right now um, we we as a country or as a continent, as the world, we're going green. So mm-hmm. it's good to, to actually explore um, alternative methods um, that could be of benefit, um, you know, to to people um, as a whole. I'd like to think that it's partly of what you you guys stand for, don't you think? Absolutely, um, and in fact, we have quite a, a well-developed program on environmental sustainability. So mm-hmm. even from that angle, I think this would be, uh, and I, this is an idea that really is perfectly aligned with what the NBI is mm-hmm. seeking to achieve. But mm-hmm. I think even from a skills development uh, perspective, I mean, for me, what uh, jumps out is the the fact that often when there are these new innovative mm. uh, developments, you find that there's very little focus on the readiness of the, or at least supporting the service provider, the education provider mm. in this instance, which would be a TVET college, yeah. so that you start channeling young people into the programs in these new emerging and green uh, uh, areas. Mm. So th- this whole question of education being responsive to labor market uh, needs is something that we need to really invest quite uh, heavily in so that as new innovative areas emerge, then you find that the colleges or the schools or the universities are well positioned to respond to that emerging market. Mm. It's something that we are not doing very well. Um, I think because it, it's quite difficult to bring a very complex uh, system like the one we have. Mm. But even where we could develop to respond specifically, let's say, to the, the this alternative building, it would require that we find alternative funding in order to develop that expertise mm. because generally the funding wouldn't exist. You see why I want to have my own fund, yeah. bro? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You see why I want to have my own fund? <laughs> <laughs> it's very important. Eh? Yeah. 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 So I, I think the, the short answer really is from uh, an NBI perspective, that uh, thought leadership, um, a thought leadership platform where we begin to understand what is at stake here. Why mm. should we be doing this? What are the benefits? Who benefits and mm. who should invest in what? Who should be providing what sort of training? Mm. There's a platform that we could use. But also the capacity building platform that I mentioned, once we have these sorts of uh, uh, buildings up and running, what are the tools? What's required? Mm. You know, So we it is possible, I think, to build that or incorporate that mm. into what the NBI is doing. Yeah, no, definitely. So now, uh, as a construction company, you are a construction company as well, Mr. Khaldanes. Mm-hmm. How do we become part of your initiative? Or, I mean, I know there's a probably construction company as well listening out there that wants to be part of uh, the NBI initiative. Yeah. In fact, there, there are probably two ways at the moment. You can become a, an NBI member, which means that then you have access to uh, information, knowledge, uh, tools, uh, guidelines that we develop across the board, be it in the environmental sustainability area of work mm. or in the social sustainability area of work. But particularly in the construction sector, at the moment we are encouraging or inviting companies, both large and small, mm. to register with us because we, we we are just about to launch a big project where companies will be encouraged to offer workplace-based learning for college uh, graduates uh, mm-hmm. in particular. And w- what we recognize is that um, big companies uh, are moving more towards project management role. So more and more the work is done at emerging small, yeah, companies. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, we have to satisfy ourselves that those companies have the relevant capacity mm. to mentor young and upcoming uh, uh, graduates who want to grow in the construction industry. So for us, then one, 
we invite people to come forward, but we would have to do a due diligence to make sure that you meet the minimum requirements. For instance, a company has to commit that they will make a mentor, a supervisor available to guide uh, the the interns uh, as it were. Mm. So I mean, but I shouldn't think you guys should be a problem because you've partnered with Harambe. Yes. To to help with the recruitment process. Yes, and that has actually uh, been quite a, a I think a, a, a good thing for us to you know to have partnered with uh, Harambe. You see, Harambe brings into the fold what NBI doesn't have. But mm-hmm. the, I suppose what I'm saying is that Harambe has certain things that NBI doesn't have mm-hmm. and NBI has certain things that Harambe doesn't have. So mm-hmm. it was really quite a perfect uh, match. The fact that Harambe invests in the recruitment selection and matching of young people to industry has really helped us to retain, I think, all the 28 candidates mm. that we currently have in different workplaces in Gauteng, primarily because part of the selection is to make sure that uh, young people who raise their hands up to go into construction industry are actually suited for that mm. work. It's not until you put them through their paces mm. that some actually might decide, you know what, I'm not cut out to be working out in the, in the rain or in the cold. Yeah. So, but those who will go through, chances are that they will stay in the construction yeah. sector. You, you just, you just stroke two things with me. Um, <laughs> Gary, um, in terms of, um, Ms. Magano spoke about retention. Uh, and 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 um skills and you know skills um development so in terms of what you've been doing in terms of container conversions um how many skills are, um are you working with are these the skills that that you've trained or are these people that you've sourced that already have the skills on how to convert containers into homes um, initially, when we started um, the shipping container conversions, it was uh, myself and um, two or th- uh, three of the electrical guys that work with us. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it started to grow a little bit more. And then we were bringing guys on board. And usually with it being uh, um, uh, labor-intensive industry, mm-hmm. uh, we, we started to bring uh, new people in. And uh, um, we trained them from start in, in all the different disciplines. It would have been electrical, uh, the plumbing, steelwork and welding. Mm-hmm. We've got spray painters. And then uh, we do the insulation inside the containers. So a lot of our guys uh, through the years have become multi-skilled. Okay. So as we're going through the project, we can uh, start off um, p- preparing the container, cutting it, and each guy works in through. And um, with that, we can uh, get a lot more work done uh, in that sense, mm-hmm. that we can all work together. And uh, that's helped us a lot to uh, um, grow our business and uh, <clears throat> become a player in the market. Yeah. So, I mean, she also made mention of others that are being afraid of working in the cold or in the <laughs> <laughs> So, now tell me, um, using, using containers, um, you know, I mean, are they not too hot during the cold, um, you know? And are they not too hot during the summer? And are they not cold during the winter? Uh, with the shipping containers, um, um, it is a steel box. So it, it will get cold in uh, the winter and hot in the summer. However, to um, get around that, uh, we use uh, insulated panels. Um, the different types on the market, but generally the ones we use, it's a 50 mil Sagex polystyrene panel with chromadec. Okay. And uh, that gets cladded on the inside of the container. Mm. And, um, that, that, that one, that, that is thick. It doesn't, Tower, it doesn't make your container smaller? Um, it, it does reduce the size of the container slightly. Um, you'd end up, uh, if you insulate a container inside a single container, uh, it'll be 2 meters 200 once the insulation's inside. Mm-hmm. So uh, it does uh, reduce a little bit, but um, rather have that than uh, <coughs> being baked uh, or getting cold in a shipping mm-hmm. container. There are other methods of doing it um, through air conditions um, and um those type of things, but uh, then you're using a lot more electricity again. Mm. So if you can reduce it uh, with insulated panels, it helps. Um, other than that, you can put um, a shade net over it, um, a roof over it, shade net over it, just mm. to take the, the baking sun off it. Uh, uh, that'll help for the heat. Mm. But uh, insulation is very important in these um, shipping containers. Yeah. So then from the, are there, are there any threats, um, though, around these houses using shipping containers? 
Um, I mean, um, is there any threats um, in terms of? Um, I mean, I'll make an example with with your old traditional houses. The threats could be the the house could crack. Uh, it could be the house could bend down. If you're using building wood, then you know incense could. Mm-hmm. So around shipping containers, what 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 threats are you most likely want to face? Um, I think with the the shipping containers, um, as uh, um, general building medium, it is very strong. Um, I think uh, if your um, installation is done correctly, your, uh, your electrical installation, and if you're using gas, everything's done by qualified people and the compliance certificates are issued uh, for the units. Mm. Um, you won't run uh, the big risk of it burning down as such. However, it's um, you and me that are living in the containers. Then to uh, make sure uh, we um, use safe practices when we are cooking or bathing or doing anything in the containers. Mm. Okay. Bulena? No, man. I think... <coughs> One of the biggest questions I had was around financing, and I mean, you touched on that. But are you finding that most of the people that are purchasing these homes are making cash sales, or are they getting loans? Or um, generally, we're finding it that um, well, it is um, a, ca- a cash um, a purchase. Yeah. Um, however, uh, with uh, that's why I brushed on it. Um, well, with the banks to try and educate the banks that these units um, can be used and are sustainable to, for a, a basic unit or a bigger unit for that matter. But uh, I think uh, to try and get them out there and see what, what the product is. Mm. Yeah. And then from there, um, they to make a decision if they're willing to then finance these uh, projects. And it's a way f- uh, to get uh, people started in the housing industry. Yeah. yeah. So then the height, <laughs> uh, is, it, is it not a problem? Uh, with the shipping containers, um, you get uh, two types of shipping containers in terms of height. Uh, the general purpose, called the GP. Um, the internal height's uh, two meters two hundred and fifty, and then you get a high cube container. Um, they are t- two meters five hundred and fifty. Um, these dimensions are given once we put the insulation in. Mm. But um, uh, if you need a bigger unit, so the side walls can be taken out. So you can join them side by side or mm. end, end by end. Okay. You can stack them with staircases. So there are a lot of different methods of doing it. You can stand them straight up on the ends as, um, uh, to, to use as stairwells. You can even use them as swimming pools. You know, so anything I, can I be done. I saw the swimming pool one. <laughs> um, I want to put one in Tembisa there for Bulele. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but now tell me, um, but... I mean, Gary, who, who taught you this? Is there something that you just decided to have interest in and researched? Or what's cause I know that I'm, I'm big on research, um, locally and internationally. Um, in that, in that way that even, I mean, some of the biggest listeners that we have on the show, they're American people. Mm. Um, so there's no institution that teaches us. <clears throat> so with that, um, uh, initially when we started out, uh, we started out doing electrical insulation work on the containers. And then from there, uh, it progressed to uh, getting involved in the conversion of containers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was offices and clinics, spaza shops, refrigerated uh, uh, units. So it was a slow progression getting into it. And mm-hmm. then uh, presented with different challenges, people uh, request uh, certain uh, conversions on the containers, and then it's for us to do our research and development and find out how we can actually um, make the containers to uh, our clients' needs. Mm-mm-mm. No, definitely. Um, so now uh, coming back to, um, to you, Memakano, um, you, you, you. We just started in the new year, mm-hmm. and and um, obviously you have all these exciting initiatives. Um, that are coming up, um, you know, obviously, is, is it across different industries? Um, well, the, the big one is in construction. Okay. And we have an exciting one coming up, uh, in the solar water heating area. Mm-hmm. And we're particularly excited with that. And we're doing this with the Net Bank, if I should mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly because it has a component that would also be of interest to you which is the social the enterprise development mm. so essentially if you look at the construction work that we're doing young people who will complete their workplaces could will primarily go into employment 
even though we are aware that some of them could choose to start their own uh, businesses, even mm-hmm. though I have to say that we don't provide sufficient grounding for them to do that on their own, but we would refer them to entities that that's where, would... That's where we come in. Yes. Bulalan, hmm? that's where we come that's in. That's you. <laughs> that, that, that. That's you. That's yeah, you. but yeah. I think the, the, the one on solar water heating, uh, even just... Within its design, right from the beginning, when we work with Harambe to select candidates mm. who go into this, there are those who will have affinity for self-employment. Mm. So already, even their work placement will not be in big companies, but will be in the SMMEs, so that they get the first-hand feel for what it's like to run a, a small company. So we're really excited about no. that because. We feel we are breaking, we are breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy because we have to start even right from, you know, who would be our partners uh, into this. Uh, so maybe uh, Gary, some would go to Gary to, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> for their workplace-based <laughs> learning. Yeah. And I can see someone raising his yeah, hand so no, that they can go. No, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, for me, I'm, I'm thinking to myself that I'm, I mean, I'll make an example in my company. Yeah. I'm already running a graduate placement program um, that municipality pays uh, their stipend on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So, and I give them their relevant skills. And I mean, I'm, I must say, some of these guys, I've actually employed them on a full-time base. So maybe obviously it's just a question of checking as to with you, what, what's the difference between the graduate placement programs that are out there and what you guys are doing? I think it's uh, complementary, but uh, as I said, we, with NBI, we're always for innovation. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we try to bring in new things in the way we do things. So mm. that, you know, so you'll find that even within the construction work that we did, we provided a, a, a bridging platform, which many graduate projects mm-hmm. actually don't uh, provide. So yeah. we always look for business uh, solutions for innovation. Mm. And I think that's really what uh, sets us apart uh, in most uh, cases. Mm. But obviously, uh, that becomes a little bit easier when you have private funding. But when you have public funding, it's very difficult to maneuver and try out things and adjust things as you go along because so, but it's not fun- your problem. You've got private funding. No, no, no. We don't. We ha- we we struggle hard to get it. And mm-hmm. in fact, if if okay. I- we don't, but well, we struggle hard to get it. Yeah, we struggle, <laughs> and it's it's a struggle to get it. I mean, but the the thing is, it works well for us because when you have a lab mm. where you can adjust and adapt mm. as you go along. Vis-a-vis where I think generally public funding tend to be strictly prescribed Mm. within strict protocols uh, and it's very difficult to try out uh, things there. Yeah. But it is a struggle to get funding. So, mm. yeah, if if you can tell me where to get it, I'll follow you. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so I I know I know we've got somebody that is listening that wants to see more of what you do. Yes. Um, and some of the programs that you've got coming up. Uh, where can they get more information? They can get information on www.nbi.org.za. Okay. Can you repeat that for me? www. Three Ws. No, definitely. Um, Mr. Haldanis, people that want to copy, to to be in touch, where can they get hold of you? Um, most of our stuff is done on Facebook. So if they look at oh uh, yes, well, I Facebook, saw I saw on Facebook you've got quite good pictures there. Uh, yes, so yeah. with that it'd be uh, Calcon Services on Facebook. Yes, is it? Oh, okay. No, definitely. Um, Sissy, um, do you want to say hi to our listeners? Tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Duma. I am a strategic pricing analyst. I'm here today interning just to see how Devoho does his show, and I'm really uh, appreciative of the opportunity. As a, you're a pricing specialist. Yeah. So you, you, you've been part of a discussion. You, you've had, um, you know, these, these containers and these homes versus, yeah. um, the old, um, traditional homes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Gary said, in fact, Brad said, um, it's plus minus 35% cheaper than all traditional buildings. From a pricing element, would you say that is accurate? 
from what you've been hearing? Look, obviously, in terms of pricing, there's a lot of elements that you consider before you come to your base price. So it'll be interesting to hear Gary's cost and how he gets hold of his containers and so forth for me to be able to say he is accurate. Mm. So, I mean, but for me as a citizen, uh, anything that will be 35% cheaper, I would definitely consider. So uh, just to then talk to it, since I've got the space and the opportunity, I think uh, for, for Mr. Halt, what I will say is I think it's an opportunity for your company to probably approach uh, the housing department. I think for South African community, seeing is believing. So for me, uh, listening that, to the conversation. That, that's, that's why I'm going to be launching this project <laughs> uh, that he's going to be doing oh, okay. for me so that uh, people see and believe. Yeah, yeah, because for me, I think a pilot project of sort of like a location of about a hundred houses mm. where people could see the space with everything in it and people living in it and, and looking at it and then building from that to then approach the government to say, look, we've done it in this area. It has worked and then take it from there. That's mm. something that I would consider uh, being in your position. Okay. Then to Memakana with the program. <laughs> uh, to Memakana, I think uh, skills development is a nation in South Africa and obviously an opportunity always exists to, to upscale people's education and skilling levels. So I think you're doing a great thing. Uh, if I was in a position to give you funding, I would definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think continue doing the good work as in uh, NBI. Uh, in upskilling our young graduates and obviously with uh, Debuho doing the placements, hopefully you guys can link up and everything can work out. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Guys, um, thank you a lot for, for, for coming to the show. Uh, we usually close off the show in style. Um, a word of 30 seconds inspiration to somebody that is listening. Um. I think um, for anyone listening out there, um, if you've got a, a, a dream, try and pursue it. And um, there are a lot of resources available in modern times with uh, the Internet and Google. So a lot of projects, um, your research can be done uh, thoroughly before you actually uh, go and um, try it out. Okay. I think from my side, uh, I think the opportunities are out there. They are open. There are many for companies to come forward to provide uh, workplace-based learning opportunities for young people. Mm-hmm. So the more, the 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 better. Okay, ma'am. I think for me, when you give it an opportunity, take it. So listening to everybody that is here today, uh, anybody that comes across an opportunity, definitely take it. And I think also when you have space uh, to be able to teach, always do that because that's what South Africa needs. No, definitely. Get things done. Get things done. <laughs> uh, what am I saying? Uh, you live once. An opportunity once um, comes once and you need to grab it and run with it and making the best out of it. The minute I heard about this opportunity, I decided and I made a choice that I'm going to run with it. That's why you're going to be seeing soon, um, I'm hoping in a month or two, a project that we're going to be launching off this initiative so that, you know what, um, you can only have an opportunity to become once and to become the best you that you can be. I always say today's innovation it's tomorrow's imitation. Catch us again next time for another exciting installment of 360 Biz. If ever you've joined in late on the show, you can always go to the www.cliffcentral.com and go to podcast to actually download uh, the podcast of the show. Or you can even do it downloading the Cliff Central app. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Debo Homafodi. Catch us again next time for another exciting installment of 360 Biz uh, right here on cliffcentral.com. We are. Cliffcentral.com